Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back to another Right Way podcast right before the holidays. I am so incredibly excited about today's guest. So excited, in fact, that I actually kicked Joe off of this podcast (laughs) as I was interviewing Life Coach and my own uh, super close friend, Elizabeth Pearson. Um, And he so graciously bowed out so we could geek out and talk about her experience and path to publication. Uh, Elizabeth Pearson is such an amazing executive coach for women. She really combines spirituality with career coaching and approaches coaching in a very holistic mind, body, and soul way, which I feel like So many of us who are very career-driven and goal-driven and very oriented towards success sometimes leave out the spiritual component. And as I've gotten to know her over the past few years, I've been blown away with not only her growth and resilience, but just the path um, she's chosen, the career that she's built, the inspiration and motivation she's given to me, not to mention countless amazing results for her clients. Um, The amazing thing about her, and she'll tell you how to work with her in the end, but if you're really like honestly ready to invest in yourself, to negotiate a better salary, to make the decision to honor your dreams, to, you know, get clear and follow through with an action plan, she is one of the most amazing coaches because she's just so real. And you'll see that very quickly. She's extremely honest and transparent about her own path in trying to get an agent and land a book deal. And I think this podcast, maybe more so than some of the others that we've had in the past, is really, really inspiring and motivational for those who have been trying to get traditionally published for so long, and maybe it's just not working out. Elizabeth has such great, clear, tactical feedback and strategies for all of you aspiring authors out there, and just good tips for life in general. So I hope you enjoy this solo episode on (laughs) Right Ways Part With Me and the amazing and comparable Elizabeth Pearson. All right, Elizabeth Pearson. So excited. I feel like this has been such a long time in the making. um, And I'm so glad you are here today. So welcome. Thank you. I am very excited as well. This has been years in the making. It really yeah. has been years. And I yeah. mean, we, so our journey, I want to kind of take listeners through how we even met. So we, we've never met in person. How we've not met. <laughs> I, I, but we're going to meet next year, hopefully yes. in Paris on a silent retreat. <laughs> yes. 
if the world is open. But we met a few years back when you were working on a book proposal called Manifesting Through the Mess. It was this amazing nonfiction book, um, loved everything about it. And we really hit it off right away. And I was helping you with that. Um, and since then, you've kind of been a life coach for me and I've been somewhat of a book coach for you, but yeah. I would love for you to tell our listeners kind of like when you were starting out a few years ago, um, just kind of what you were doing professionally and what you were trying to do with that book. Yeah. So for, you know, the first 13 years of my professional career, I was focused on sales mainly national account sales. So when you say that, it's like I sold stuff to Target and I sold stuff to Amazon and those kind of places. And I loved it. I was with big companies like Coca-Cola and then fun startups like Vitamin Water. So it was a great ride. It was great people. It was a lot of fun. I got to travel. And I think like most women, I hit a certain age in a certain point in my life where I'd had the children, I'd had the title, I had everything. And I just kind of felt still unsatisfied, really restless, um, I think is the word. I wasn't unhappy, but I knew something wasn't as good as it could possibly be. So I started on this journey really of diving into spirituality. I had all these questions, right? Why am I here? What is this about? You know, what is the meaning of life, this big stuff? And that happened right around when I was 30, 31, I started asking those questions. And then I decided um, life is too short. I was not going to just keep doing the same thing because that's what was deemed you know, right or successful or predestined for me. It was time to really take a hard look at what I wanted from life. And mm -hmm. it didn't include money. It, it really didn't um, for a long time. And so I said, you know what, I'd rather um, take a big risk and lose everything than stay on this hamster wheel of mediocrity. Yep. So, um, that was the beginning of it. And then throughout this journey, I remember one day I was in the basement with my husband and a harsh Chicago winter, and we've got toddlers climbing up the wall. And I said, you know, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to do, but like, I know we need to have a big change. And we were talking about all these fun things we wanted to manifest and a move to California and all these things. And he said, what if you wrote a book? And it was funny because I had always thought writing a book was the most terrifying thing. Like if you could, if you could say something like, what's one thing you would never even want to try. It was that even like watching sex in the city. I was like, how is she writing? You know what I mean? Like, I love this whole thing, but like the writing piece sounds dreadful. I mean, it was my biggest fear. And then, but also when he said it, I thought, wouldn't that, that would be like my Everest, right? Like if I could write a book and get it published, then I would know that I could really do anything because I never thought of myself as a writer. My vocabulary is shit. You know what I mean? My grammar, as you know, um, I, I just, it wasn't anything I ever really cared about. I didn't spend any time on it. And so then when we manifested all this really cool shit and I started really thinking about like, coaching people on how they could just take their life and like take a match to it and start over. And it could be so much better, um, was when I really did feel called to like tackle that, that hill of writing a book. And so I started and I bought these, you know, online courses and things, which are great. I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? Yours is the best. I wish I would have had yours before yeah. that. Um, but I spent countless hours, um, really in this torture 
that is writing and getting used to it and pouring my soul out. And I sent it off, you know, wide eyed to all these big agents. I would look at the back of books and be like, oh, so this is Jen Sincero's agent. So I'm going to send it to them. You know, they're going to love me just like her. I really was naive to all of the work that went into it and the mental preparation that I needed in order to be able to see this through. And so like the universe always does when I was ready for help and I was really desperately asking for it, they sent me you (laughs) and it couldn't be, you know, it wasn't like I found you online or whatever. It was through a friend of a friend that my husband had years ago. And, um, yeah, I feel like it was divine. And then ever since I had you, I knew that there was no way I could ever try to do this alone. <laughs> it was like, well, but you, you really have though. I mean, I feel like this has been, this has not been an easy journey. And that's why I love your story so much is because, you know, we hear like the Cliff Notes versions a lot of time about like the path to publication, like, oh yeah, I got the agent and then I got the book deal. And you know, it's not been this, this smooth ride for you. And I think for people who have been struggling for years and maybe don't love the writing process, because I think you hit upon something really important where, you know, if you're writing a nonfiction book, a lot of times those people aren't writers. Like you're an expert in your field, but you might not love writing like a fiction writer loves writing. So it is work um, in a very real capacity. But so when you came to me, we worked on this proposal together. We sent it off. You did have interest actually from an agent, but you just weren't, I don't know, something in your gut kind of wasn't ready to to jump. So you, and, and again, your author platform at the time, because you, you've built this business, like over these few years, you've also built this amazing coaching business, which we'll go into, but you were at the very beginning stages of creating what we call, you know, an author platform where you were really starting from scratch. So you took it upon yourself to go off on your own and really do the work on building an author platform and really getting like your messaging down, building your business. And to me, I think that made all the difference, but Let's talk a little bit about that, like not only building a business, but what did you do to build your platform? Did you hire people, which I know you did, yeah. <laughs> These are kind of the, the pros and cons and the mistakes that you made. But yeah, take yeah. us back to the beginning of that. I did. I, I realized that I didn't know how to pitch myself. I didn't know how to um, get published. Right. Um, so I did invest in a publicist in the beginning. Um, fair warning, you know, I'm happy to disclose it. I paid 30 grand for yeah. three months with a publicist, and I got on a handful of podcasts and a couple of local TV news shows, which I flew. You know, I live in Southern California. I flew to Houston for a three minute spot. Like it was not money well spent in hindsight. I mean, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And that led me to another publicist after I fired that one, it led me to another publicist who was actually much better. And she was able to work with me on price, but we're still talking thousands of dollars a month. And that is something that, you know, especially after talking to you, I promptly stopped, you know, it was just, 
and not only that, it just created, I was writing for, yeah, let's talk you know, little that. like, yeah, it was like little blogs and I don't want to like sure. put anybody on blast in specific, but it wasn't entrepreneur. It wasn't, you know, these big, um, I write for them now, but I wasn't then. And I get it that you have to start from somewhere, but if you're going to invest thousands of dollars for a publicist to get you uh, one quote out of right. 10 other coaches and some bullshit blog, it's not worth it. It's better for you to invest in, um, there's, there's a few other wonderful ones. I'm sure you've got links in your, um, in your website to other, like how to pitch yourself type things. Those I would have, I wish I would have invested a couple thousand in a course that said, here's how you reach out to TV producers. Here's how you reach out to editors. And here's how you pitch yourself because, it wasn't a lack of effort on my part. I mean, I was busy, but I could have carved out two hours a week to pitch myself, exactly. you know, and I wasn't doing it. I was just ignorance is bliss. I was paying this publicist, just money on fire going out the window. And she, she, I don't want to discount what she did because she did help me. But at the end of the day, was it worth, you know, 70 grand? Yeah. Fuck no, it was not worth that. And what you should the, not pay that. And do we do that though? We, we have this tendency to outsource, like you pitching yourself, you know, yourself, the right. You're messaging the best, but we, we entrust, we do it in the book world too, where we entrust these publicists to essentially compile lists of editors and send emails because they do have those relationships, but you right. can cultivate those relationships. So what right. is it? where we don't self-source, we outsource. And I, I you know, I, I think it's insecurity, Rhea. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but when I was, when I would get on the phone with these publicists, they had this manipulative way of making me feel like I was nothing. And if I didn't have them, there was no way in hell somebody was going to put me on TV or something. And then I'll have, you know, once I did go there, a little tip guys, I mean, you don't want to be annoying about it, but like I befriended the producers. I was so fucking sweet. You know what I mean? I, and it was authentic. I would bring them Starbucks. I would send them a cookie basket afterwards yeah. with my handwritten notes. Like I was authentically grateful for being put on TV. And I think that it resonated with them. Some of them have become clients. Some of them have become friends to go on to bigger national TV shows. And they know that I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not a fair weather person. I'm going to celebrate their accomplishments just like mine. And then it makes them want to help you. But there right. was always, right, there was zero expectations, but a publicist can't do that for you. And not only that, the whole secrecy shrouded in publicity, like I would say, you know, who did we reach out to, right? Who did we reach out to? Meaning, right. Did you send any fucking emails this week? And then it would be like, oh, we're out to everybody. That, yeah. That's the response I would get. I'm like, where's the list? Where's yeah. the tracker? Where is my money going? So guys, yeah, I think you have to take it into your own hands, at least in the beginning until you're getting flooded with requests to the point where you can't keep up with them and you need to hire a manager and a publisher or a publicist. But until then, you're 100% right, Rhea. You are going to be your own best pitch man or pitch woman. And I think it says something when it comes from you, because then when I talk to the producers, they say, you know what? The publicist was the middleman anyway, well, you know, you know, I wanted I, to talk to you. It, well, exactly. And you started doing, you started getting such traction and started doing like show after show after show. And you would write for all these publications and, and this like, again, momentum kind of spun out of control. And when you were still working with that publicist, I remember it being 
in her eyes, it was just never enough. Like you needed more, you needed more, you needed more. And at what point, I mean, you have pages and pages and pages of like links where you've been published and featured. And, you know, at what point in this crazy, noisy, distraction filled world where everyone's fighting for space, like how do you know when it's enough and when it's time to, I don't know, like maybe pay attention to your craft or something else. Like how, how much is enough when it comes to getting out there and getting your work out there? I think some people will, uh, to your point, will say it's never enough. But for me, I got to the point where I was dreading doing it. Like I would see things populate in my calendar and I'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? Or there would be, you're writing for so-and-so and and it's due tomorrow by 4 p.m. Eastern and they need, you know, 2000 words. And I'm like, I'm doing all this writing for free, right? Like I'm giving away all of this expertise that my clients are actually paying a pretty penny for. I'm giving it away. It's taking me away from focus on my clients and I don't want to do it. And I don't think it's impactful. So that was the point where I, I mean, I remember texting you and being like, I have to write eight articles this week and they're for all these random nothing, you know, websites. And I feel like my publicist was just trying to prove her value, but it wasn't, it was, it was costing me money. So when I started realizing, Hey, this is costing me money. I'd rather have two or three entrepreneur magazine, Mm -hmm. you know, hits over the next two months than do 18, you know, of these little blogs or whatever, these little posts with like zero SEO, um, because those aren't impactful to publishers either. They know, like if you're not in the big boys, they don't really care. Completely. And I think that, you know, getting really intentional is something we talk about a lot on this podcast is like not trying to do everything, but going deep on one, two or three things that are actually going to get a return on your investment. And for you, so you did, you did all this stuff, all of these things hit. And during that time, you actually kind of retooled your proposal and you did land an agent, which Mm -hmm. kind of worked in conjunction with this publicist. So it was like, oh my God, I've got this amazing agent who's going to sell the shit out of my book. Then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do the spoiler alert, but uh, everybody who's listening to this, there were four different proposals. So if you're keeping track, we're on, I think you and I did manifesting through the mess. And then we did another one after that to refine it. Then this agent came and said, scrap it. I mean, I I called you crying. She said, I needed to whiteboard it. Yep. Like basically take and, you know, an accumulation of two proposals that had spent months. I mean, you guys, I'm working weekends while my husband's at the beach with my kids. I'm, you know, this was a sacrifice. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I had full client load. So I, I really couldn't do much unless it was at night on the weekends for the book. So it was blood, literally blood, sweat, and tears went into these proposals. So when somebody tells you, you need to whiteboard it, I was about to lose it, but she promised me if you, if you totally redo this, I will, the words were, I will sell the shit out of this. I sell. And I, you know, at that point, your confidence is rocked, right? Because you're like, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Maybe uh, this is never going to get published. And I should let everybody know too, throughout this whole thing, I question, do I just self-publish? 
Yep. Like as a coach, there are a million coaches out there with their Amazon self-published books and I'm not knocking them. I think that they're great and there's genius content out there and maybe they don't want to deal with the bullshit of like waiting and courting an agent and all of that. So there's definitely different routes to go. But that temptation was like the devil on my shoulder the whole time. Like screw it, just get it out there because it will help your coaching business. But I think me and you always had a bigger vision and we knew we couldn't do that self-publishing, right? We needed a big boy to like really blow it up. So I retooled it over a year, a painful year. I completely redid and came up with a new proposal all along getting very little feedback from this agent. Um, I was very much a small fish according, you know, in a big pond and I got no love. I got, I don't, to this day, I don't know if she ever even read the whole thing. I mean, that's, yeah. And that's something we talk about a lot because so many people want the big agents, the big agents, the big agents. That's great, but you have to go into it knowing what kind of attention you really want and need. And that, I mean, you, I remember you saying like you would send her an email and sometimes it would take two weeks to even. Oh oh, yeah. What what are you doing? Like run for the hills. So we talked a lot about that and, and the difference between you know, there's a fine line between listening to your own voice and listening to quote unquote professionals. And I feel like you really reached a breaking point during that process of like, because all of your proposals were good. All of them were sellable. Um, You now had this like amazing author platform to back it, but there was still this like, nope, not quite right. Gotta, I mean, I feel like you really got strung along. um, Yeah. And And I feel I do right back to this, like everything happens for a reason. And there was a reason, maybe it wasn't supposed to come out maybe like right pre COVID, you know, maybe that would have been the launch. Maybe who, who knows? (laughs) Right. I feel like I have been protected divinely and there's a reason. And, and actually, you know, I don't want to like bash this agent. She's a wonderful person. We just weren't a fit. She's done incredible things for other people. But for me as a, as an, a new author, there was just, I needed not even handholding, but like I redid that whole damn thing by myself with no feedback. Like, I think that you need to find somebody to your point, Rhea, who will be a little bit hands-on and like help you a little bit because otherwise it's a mental, it's, it's a mental marathon of like, could I, there are so many nights I was crying to my husband and I said, who do I think I am? I don't need a book. Like I could start crying thinking about it. Like I was so over it. I was so exhausted and the rejection and, you know, thinly veiled as, oh, you know, constructive criticism, whatever. It just, I was, I was done. I was like, it doesn't matter if this doesn't see the light of day. I will focus on my coaching business. That's where the money is. That's where I'm being impactful. But I had this hankering feeling of like, you know, um, you could reach more through the book. Not everybody can afford to work with me and I'm only one person, so I can't. So it felt like once I shifted, I kind of reminded myself the big why it isn't to to further along the coaching business. It isn't to be famous. I don't want to be famous. It isn't to any of that. It was that there, I knew there were women out there like me 10 years ago who were in that dark place of what the fuck is this about? And why am I doing any of this? And that's who it was for. And we're all, I mean, never has there been more of a need for that kind of book or messaging than now, you know? So yeah, you were at this kind of like dark place and just wanting to almost scrap the whole thing. And then 
then what happened? Like you, I mean, we talked about it and well then Rhea, my champion, (laughs) this is the thing you guys, you got to get a champion. Like when she says that we would ping pong back and forth, we absolutely did. And you, you got to have people who believe in you, you know, unwavering belief in you because you will have so many moments where resistance gets so big. It's a wave that will take you out unless you have somebody there to ride with it and to say, here's how we go under it or whatever. And that's what you a hundred percent were you and my, you know, unconditionally supportive husband, Ryan, you two always believed in me and my sister and my mom. And you know what I mean? People close to me, but there were some people who were like, just wanting me to put myself out of my misery. And they were like, just self put, like just, just because they loved me and they saw me crying every week and they saw me really upset. And it was like, they just were trying to help by giving me an out, but I didn't in in the long run, like you knew that that out wasn't going to be what was best and that I had to keep going through it. And so that is the reason that we're talking today. And I have an amazing big agent. I got rid of the other one. I graciously parted ways with her lovingly still grateful for everything that she did because she played a role in this evolution. But now I'm sitting in a literally sitting in a much different place than I was even a week ago. And it just happened. Like we just got the official news today. So when you, you you know, parted ways with that agent, we took that proposal again. And I was like, I want to, I want to shop it to a few people. And again, you had another agent who was interested in you from the very beginning, but it just, your gut was like, yeah. no, and she's I, amazing, but yeah. like uh, something just wasn't, it was the one time right. to your point, you were like, listen to your gut. You always said, if it isn't a hundred percent, yes, then it's a no. Yep. And for me, it was never a hundred percent. Yes. And I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I just knew yes. it wasn't, I felt like it just was. And, and that's not fair to her either. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like leave her for somebody who's going to be a 100%. Yes. Definitely. And you've got to have faith. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to have faith in, in that agent and feel super comfortable with them. And when we did have a, we had a joint call with this agent who's now your agent and she really challenged you though. Like, so you had this proposal, (laughs) she, she challenged you to kind of think a little bit differently about it. And because of that, you kind of came up with this amazing concept that I think really marries all of who you are and what you have to offer. And you went away one more time and (laughs) reworked it again. And again, like, you know, so much of this is a waiting game and being patient and checking in. I mean, I would check in with the agent, you would check in with the agent. And then you guys had a a call today and Woohoo, right. And it's, and it's happening. And it is. And I mean, I know and I love like how um visual you are and how you manifest. And from the beginning, you know, you're you've really stuck to your why. And it hasn't been mm-hmm. easy. You've spent a shit ton of money, you've made a lot of mistakes, but right. think about how many people this will help and your journey, you can speak to it and go into this like, you know, going into the, to actually getting published, the work is not done. It's just beginning and, and, you know, promoting and putting that product out there and what comes with that. But you really did 
stick it out when it would have been so easy to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. I mean, I've right. been there a million times throughout the past few years. I'm like, God, do I, I mean, this is just for the birds. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of work with no- It's that whole, it's that concept. And this is something that I always ask clients too. And I know I've said it to you before too, is what's the alternative? Yes. Like, do I keep doing this? Because the alternative is, you know, that whole dying with music still in you. I knew that if I died or if I was on my deathbed, I would always regret that. So even if you have a 1% chance of regret, I feel like our purpose, if you want to know your purpose, it's to die without regret. And I knew that I would be settling if I didn't really empty the tank trying to make this happen because it, because I really did feel like it wasn't necessarily for me. I felt like it was for all of the women who were struggling and crying at night and not knowing why, you know, that's the other thing is like, you feel this, this way, but you can't pinpoint what it is. You're thinking, is it hormonal? Is it like, what is it? It's your soul crying out to beg you to level up, like do something. And that won't, that will never ease until you start walking on the path. Yes. I mean, and, and I think we've all been challenged this year specifically with God figuring out what that path is and what it looks like. And does it even matter? And what do you really want to do? And it, I mean, it's, it's been a lot, but I mean, I feel like, like you said earlier, it's been the timing really has been right for you. I think if it had hit at any other time, it, it wouldn't have been quite right. You wouldn't have had such resilience and a story to tell and share. And I mean, I swear I've like never been more excited than, I mean, you stuck it out and you, I mean, it's, it's all going to be incredible. Um, I agree. But the thing is, Rhea is like, and I know not everybody can be besties with you, but you really do have to find a cheerleader and it can't, it can't just be your partner. Like it cannot, you need to have a cheerleader who's sat in the room. So like for you, you had this wonderful experience, right? You gave me credible advice. So Otherwise, I mean, before that, I was just taking advice from the cheap seats in the back. Nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about, but would say, oh, this is what you got to do, or this is what you got to do. So you really do, if you have to hire them, hire them. I happily paid you money. You know what I mean? Like pay people money who can help get you from point A to point B, you know, make sure that it feels good, that it's good in your soul and they're authentic. And you know, that they're actually really committed to helping you. But I think investing in yourself is a big piece that I don't know if we've touched on yet. It's like, that's what I was going to ask you actually is like, you know, what, what advice would you give to someone who's coming at this brand new, has an idea, maybe has a platform, maybe doesn't, maybe they don't have the money. They don't have $50,000 or $30,000 to spend. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what advice do you give? I think investing yourself is huge. And one of the most undervalued aspects of being an author, we like trust everybody else and they're, they're the experts. And this is just the industry instead of realizing that you're the expert and you're coming with the, the work it's your work. And I feel like that kind of just goes to the back burner. Well, I think for one, like, I mean, I know, you know, this isn't like a, you know, sales pitch, but like, I think your online course is huge. Um, that, you know, if I didn't have 
the money to work one-on-one with you. And, and guys, it's not like I'm sitting on a pile of money. This was savings. This was things that I carved out because what's, when it's important, you will pony up the money. Money is an energy tool. And, and that, you know, sitting and hoarding it was not helping me. Um, so I think it's okay to pay people who've got that experience. That is a value and, um, the money will always come back to you. But so I would, I would invest as much as you can. I mean, really look at what you can invest. Um, and I would get a coach, I would get, uh, take some online courses. I think it's great to invest. There are so many great, um, like do it yourself publicity courses and, podcasts. I mean, fucking podcasts. Like this is great. You know what I mean? We didn't have stuff like this. Listen to people who want to give it away their content for free, take notes, um, and, and treat it like going back to school. I knew that when I started this process, I was a student, I wasn't getting an MBA, but I didn't know anything about this. And it was my job to educate myself. So I think that's a big piece of it, investment in education, and then get somebody who's going to pull you through the days when you're crying and rocking yourself in the corner, like, cause there will be some, yeah. a book that really helped me was Stephen Pressfield's do the work. Yeah, and it's specifically about the resistance around writing and creating art. And I, I learned to identify when resistance was coming up and when fear was coming up. So I would be able to identify in the beginning, it was just my guts telling me no, Yep. but it wasn't my gut. It was resistance saying, you're no good. You have nothing special to say. It's all just regurgitated stuff. Other people have written, you know, and I even told you, I mean, how many days do we get on the phone? And I'm like, I'm not saying anything special. Let's just scrap it. They can, I'll just refer you know, people to read other people's books. And so I, that was a huge tool that helped me through. And then, um, yeah, I feel like, like that, like get some, you have to build a, an author platform. Yeah. You have to let go of this thing of like, I'm going to be the unicorn that yeah. gets this best-selling <laughs> book with zero author platform. Yeah. Cause that's what I thought, but you do. And you, you do have to be patient because patience is the ultimate sign of confidence. Right. Yeah. So like, you used to tell me be patient and we're both two incredibly impatient oh, chicks. So impatient. <laughs> yep. But it was hard. I mean, so I was trying to think, when did that start? What year, what was it? Two years ago, three years ago? I mean, shit, I don't even remember. It was 2017. 2017. Three years ago. I mean, in that almost, yeah, almost four, which is insane. Yeah. It's it what you've been able to build. And I think your timeline is about right for what it actually takes to build a solid author platform. And you have a great author platform. But as you know, when you get in the comparison game, it's like, oh, oh right. Everybody's got, somebody's got everybody's more. Everybody's got millions. Yeah. That's not what it's about. Your level of expertise is, is yours and it's unique to you. And it's why you have this thriving business and why you help so many people and why your book will resonate with so many people. Um, and and some of those people, just as a side note, some of those yeah. people with millions of followers and all that, that's their full-time job. Their full-time job is pub- is getting press for themselves. Yeah. If you're legitimately, like for me, I'm, I have a legitimate heavy client load yeah. and I'm a mom of two small children and I have no support in California because we don't know anybody here. Like yeah. I can't devote myself to promoting and it feels icky. I can't promote myself 24 seven to get 5 million Instagram followers. And we've talked about this. I don't yeah. really give a shit about that. Like that's not the driver. So (laughs) don't feel bad about yourself. If you see all these other author platforms and they're like, they have all this, they have a freaking team of people 
working on that. And social media, I mean, we, God, we talk about this to death on this podcast, but it's not, that's not what an author platform solely is. It's about so much more. It's about cultivating community and you can cultivate that in so many different places. And I mean, yes, it's important to have it before the book comes out, but you will continue to promote and build after it's a product you can sell and pitch and promote forever because right. it's evergreen, which is amazing. Um, yeah. And going back to what you said about, you know, hiring a coach that segues into how listeners can work with you because you, I mean, are kind of like unofficially my coach, but you're, I mean, you're so incredible at what you do. You make people mm. feel so comfortable. Your results for women, like some of your your biggest success stories, are unfucking believable. <laughs> what you, These chicks, oh my but- god, incredible. To your point, like how you always punt it away when I say, you know, I couldn't have done any of this without you. I mean, you know, deep down, but you're always like, oh, it was you. Well, it's them too. I feel like this goes to having somebody who is an experience. It's not just a cheerleader. It's somebody who's experienced advising you. It's like a financial, you know, um, consultant, right? You're, they're kind of moving you along, but they have the expertise, but you're always doing it. I tell clients, it's like, where there's a dark forest ahead of them. Maybe they don't know what's what they're supposed to do next. Some of them come to me because they're unhappy in their career. Some people want to make more money. Some people want to blow it all up like I did. And I'm like, we'll walk through the forest together. But it's like my hands on your back gently. You have to take the steps. But what I do is I make sure you can't turn around and go back to that bullshit mediocrity that you know, it's all relative. Some people can be making seven figures. They come to me and they're still just something's not quite right. right. And it's like, okay, you don't have to be, you know, depressed and like, can't get out of bed. That's typically actually not that you need to see a therapist. It's right. more of like, I just feel like something's off and I'm not quite in alignment is what I say. Right. Are you living yeah. in alignment? And most of them aren't And alignment is just, are you listening to what your soul is trying to guide you towards? And we tune it out with distraction um, and numbing and all of the stuff that we do. So my work is really, it's like a spiritual career coach. So I've been in those rooms where you're the only woman and you've got a lot of dynamic, we'll call it male, uh, you know, personalities that you have to navigate. So that, you know, we can get all the tactical stuff down. Like literally, what do you say? We, I've created scripts with clients on negotiating things or talking with their bosses, but it's also, are you living in a place of peace, no matter what's going on around you? Cause that's kind of a big statement and not a lot of people feel like they are, and you don't have to be 24 seven, but right. predominantly you should feel like you're in alignment. Absolutely. So how can people work with you? Like if, if they're in need of, yeah. what do they do? Where do they go? So they can go to elizabethpearson.com and there's, um, there's like a vetting form uh, yeah. where you can go through like, this is for you if it's not, if this, and then they fill out a short questionnaire and then they can book a call. And um, I only work with people one-on-one. So it's, cause it is a journey. It's, it's a spiritual journey as well as a professional journey. Um, and they can go there and book a call with me and then we can have a chat and see if I might be able to help. 
It's amazing. And then you also have a LinkedIn course, correct? Yeah, I yeah, do. That a little bit because yeah, we talk a lot about LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn and podcasts on this podcast and how it's still such an untapped space and such an amazing tool, especially in the professional capacity. So yeah, talk yeah. about what you've created. I do. I have a course called LinkedIn Powerhouse. You can um, access it through elizabethpearson.com. Um, I think there's a link on my Instagram too, which is coach.elizabeth.pearson. Um, but you guys, I know it's so funny. We're talking about alignment and all this stuff. And then it's like psh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But, but it's so important. But it's so, <laughs> you guys, I know it's like the stepchild of social media. It's not the fun, sexy one, but it is a, it, it is. That's why I call it powerhouse. It is a powerhouse. This is something where you can create a professional brand, even as a writer. So you can have a very, you know, strong, um, LinkedIn following and connection base that can help you promote your book. I mean, I leveraged it when I was pitching to agents, right? Like this is a whole culture and group of people, especially if you're doing a business book where, they're consuming content that on LinkedIn, that's what they're scrolling. They're not spending as much time on Instagram and they're not even on Facebook. So you need to have your LinkedIn looking high and tight and really reflective of all of your professional accomplishments. And you can also add, it's a great way to promote um, because when they like something, it goes into that person's feed versus Instagram where you like it and it just does nothing. Um, So it really helps you cast a wider net. Yeah. And I, you know, she gave me, you gave me a sneak peek of this and walk like she, Elizabeth walked me through yeah. like, everything that was kind of wrong with my LinkedIn because I wasn't really utilizing it. And then there are just aspects that I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know that this was yeah. a thing on here. I mean, it goes so deep and does make such a difference, especially if you're trying to get a job or trying to, 100%. Just, I mean, oh my God, it's, it's such an amazing tool. So Yes. Yeah. Go to elizabethpearson.com, check out that course, connect with her on social media or one-on-one. She is such an incredible coach and friend. And I'm just so, so excited for you. I feel like this is just the beginning. Well, I know it's the beginning of your yeah. journey and the like the start of a very prolific writing career, I feel like. Well, and we have a book together in our future, yeah. which oh, we're already workshopping, but here. yes. We'll start like Two people who have never met in person <laughs> come to Paris for a silent fucking retreat. What <laughs> a pilgrimage of like 15 miles a day walking quietly. Yeah, walking. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so excited. But thank it's you be so good. much for today. It's just such a pleasure. And I'm just so proud of you and, and so happy for you. The feelings are so mutual. I love you. Thank you for having me on. And everybody who's listening, she's got nonstop amazing nuggets of wisdom. So listen to every single episode. And right back at you. (laughs) Thanks.